Kev's Guy Sports Loose Change Podcast, episode number 87. We got me, we got Jared, we got no Patty P sitting here while we record, but he's going to be working his magic on the on the editing. We're also joined on this episode by Mike Sarge Riley, a.k.a. Just Sarge, over at 98.5 The Sports Hub. Great interview, Sarge and I. It was just Sarge and I because Jared gets home at like 8 p.m., so if people can't do interviews before 8 p.m., I got to do them. And with that, I also have to record them if Pat can't help yeah, me. And that's a struggle. Which is brutal. So as people people who've been listening to the show know I've, I've brought this up before. I am the worst with technology. You're the opposite of tech savvy is what you are. For a guy who owns a sports blog that does relatively well, to have zero idea of technology, like that's why I brought you and Pat. I say on. you're welcome. Me and Pat, <laughs> you, you're welcome. <laughs> that's that's why I brought you and Pat on because before, like if if people like I don't know I don't know if we if there are people from like the old old days of Couch Guy like was it two so like 2015 2000 I think no I think we started in 2000 yeah 2015 the website looked like ass well, it, it was horrible it was. It was just like you couldn't search anything. So to find an old article, you just had to scroll. It was like <laughs> one it was like one page and it was just <laughs> like just keep going. You'll find it. You wanna go a couple months back? Who cares? Just keep going. You'll get there. It it was like a free weebly template and it sucked. So we moved it over to WordPress. We've built the website. The second one was much better, and now this one is a prime website. But yeah, I'm so bad at it. But the reason I brought that up was because the audio Ali's post, just post interview, was not great. Not great. There were just technical issues. I suck with this stuff, but I don't, I don't even think it was me. I think it was Spreaker because Spreaker. When I listened back to it, Spreaker is the software that we use. When I when I listened back to it originally, like when I was testing it, it sounded fine, and then all of a sudden it was just haywire. So if the audio is poor there, I apologize. Uh, for excuses, you suck. Excuses, you suck. I. But the Sarge interview was awesome. He already said he'll come back on. So great, great, great interview, though. Sarge is the man. Love having him on. Oh, this is what I wanted to tell you because I said I wanted to wait until we got on the show. So my haircut. So obviously this is a podcast. Maybe I'll post this in the promo, too. Maybe I'll post a picture of my face in the promo. And I'll use this as the promo. No one wants to see So that. my haircut. I love my hair. I think I've got great hair. Just like you I love your beard, just like hey, you love yourself. It, we get it. I, You're an yeah. egotistical prick, Nick. We get, we know. I have great hair. Yeah. I do. Sure. And I used to get a buzz cut. I used to, every time I went, like my, my, my roommate in college when you broke, my roommate in college would just buzz my head for me. He was great. He was in the army. He did it perfect every time. So whatever. After I got out of college, got a little, got some jobs. Started getting real adult haircuts, and I uh, I love my haircut. My my haircuts now are bomb. So I go get my haircut today. Hair's pretty long. I sit down. But two, I go to haircuttery. Shout out haircuttery. It's not some barber shop. It's the haircuttery. My girls Kim and some other girl. They always they're the, always cut my hair. They know what I do to get. They know what my hair looks like. They know. They know how the cut. time I spend in looking in the mirror, looking at myself, they understanding can't. how beautiful I look. So they understand what I need. They get, they get it. They get it. So then I show up. Both of them, actually, the other one wasn't there, but Kim was already taken, so I had to go with this other girl. And I explained it to her just like I've explained it to the other two. I told her, shorter on top, enough for me to push it to the side. It's about a three. And then it's a one. On the side, it fades in. She was like, okay, great. I'm not really looking. I hear, and then she puts the razor like halfway onto my scalp, chops off like a line through it, and then we made eye contact. And she went. And she knew. (laughs) (laughs) It was that oh shit moment as a a barber. They're like, oh shit. I I, I forgot to change the blade. That shit. Oh well, it's happening now. I th- no because you know what I think she meant to do it, but by the eye contact I gave her, I think she knew. But this isn't what I wanted. It isn't what you wanted. Be- because this three for a buzz cut. 
I said three to a one, but she totally disregarded me pushing to the side. Jared, does this fucking look like I can push my hair to the side? Um, you can. It's not going to stay to the side. You can move it all you want. It's just going to go back to where it was because it's a bus cut. So I paid, I paid essentially with tip $23 to get my hair buzzed. I could have done this in my bathroom. Yes, I could have done that. I'm pissed. Yeah, you're okay. It still looks good. And hair, you know what, Nick? There's a thing. Hey, hey, I appreciate that. Hair, it, you, hair does grow back. Hair, hair's a thing that yeah, actually just keeps growing. We're like chia pets, dude. Just, it just keeps going. And then you can cut it off and just keep it going. As long as you water it. So if we water your hair, Nick, it'll grow back. It's okay. When I get, we just when fight. I buzz my hair, my my hair grows back so weird. Like the sides grow out straight. I I hate buzz cuts. That's why I stopped getting a buzz cut. Well, you know so what? Don't, don't hate the buzz cut. It's gonna grow back. You'll be okay. And you know what, Nick? You look okay right now. So get over it. Don't be a baby. Yeah, it's also winter. My head's cold. And you know what you do? You get a real barber, and they'll take care of you. Well, my girl Kim usually does take care of me, but she was unavailable. That's why you wait. You wait for Kim. I did. I waited 20 minutes for that. Kim wasn't going to be ready for another 20 after y- that. You wait for the other 20. I for, couldn't. You, I you, can go back to work. Oh, it's okay. They'll understand. If, if it's a guy at work, which I'm sure it is, they'll, care. they'll understand. You got to look good, Nick. Wait the 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, my boss wouldn't have cared. Wait, been fine. wait the 20 minutes. You text me all day at work. Wait 20 minutes. You would have been fine. You, you write blogs hey. at work. Wait, wait 20 minutes. You'll be fine. I write blogs on lunch. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> you sit don't. at your desk. Don't lie. You sit at your desk know. and just punch out Couch Guy I, blogs all day. That's what you get I paid to do. I don't to this podcast. So you actually I, do get paid. Nick, you know what? You're an ass. You get paid to write blogs for Couch Guy Sports. Oh, I know. I write them on lunch. That's my free time. Oh, Nick, don't, don't, be, don't lie to us. You get you get paid to write Couch Guy blogs. No, I, I hate no, you. I, I work on my stuff. I'm taking a cut out of my, our profits. I'm getting paid myself now. I'm going to pay myself. I'm a town employee. Okay? Oh, the town. So I'm taking your ta- dollars. I don't. I don't live in that town. So, uh, other people's taxpayers are. No, the, ta- the taxes you, no, are going lunch. to you. Don't do this to me. To write couch lunch, guys sports. I, oh God, disgusting. Despicable. I'd be too paranoid to write blogs during my regular time. I'd Despicable. be way too paranoid. Despicable. And plus, IT can look at what I'm doing. So I don't. They can. No, 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 no. They can't. No, I. I can't have that. Anyway, to the weekly dump. Pew, 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 pew. The Patriots, which we're going to talk about, were stunned in Miami on Sunday with what is now being dubbed the Miami Miracle. Pew. Final score was 34 to 33 on a last second play. Seven seconds left, 69 yards. Ryan Tannehill drops, passes the ball upfield. Ball ends up in the hands after two laterals and Kenyon Drake. All of a sudden, Kenyon Drake is faced to only get past Rob Gronkowski. Scores the winning touchdown. Dolphins win 34-33. Patriots now drop to four losses on the season. Terry Rozier has told people who doubt the Celtics to shut up. Anthony Davis got a round of applause at the Boston Garden this week when the Pelicans came to town because the Boston Garden Celtics fans are the best recruiters in the NBA. Gordon Hayward, clap, clap, clap. Al Horford. Al Horford, clap, clap, clap. Anthony Davis, come to town, big boy. We need you. Even at the expense for Jason Tatum, which, by the way, nope, nope. Aaron, you weren't, you weren't on the interview. I did ask Sarge what he thought. Do you trade Jason Tatum for Anthony Davis? I'm guessing he gave you a Sarge salute for that one to trade Jason Tatum. No, <laughs> absolutely not. No, no, it's on your side. He loves Jason Tatum. Never mind, Sarge. I take it all back. You're heaven. You asshole, Sarge. Let's hit up Kowloon sometimes, okay? You and I. I would gonna- love to hang. Sarge. Man, I, Sarge, guys, oh, I can't wait for you to listen to this interview. Sarge, open this invite to hang out with us. The, see, he will ignore, ignore my stupid technical difficulties. Again, I'm sure Pat fixed it. I'm sure it sounds great. But Sarge, great interview with Jared and not training Jason Tatum for Anthony Davis. The Bears gave the Rams their second loss on the season and held them to literally two field goals. The Bears, legit contenders in the NFC, I think. That defense is scary. Uh, Alex Cora announced today, I don't know why he did it on, so we're recording Wednesday, December 12th. I don't know why he decided to set the lineup uh, this early in December. But he announced that the Red Sox will be swapping out Mookie Betts and Andrew Bennett to the top of the lineup for the first and second slot. No idea why. Don't know why he's decided to say it again at this early. 
I there's just I I love Alex Cora, but like why are you bringing this up this early? Uh, the Blue Jays have released shortstop Troy Tulowitzki, who has two years left on his deal. The Yankees and starting pitcher Jay Happ are close to a deal to bring him back to New York. ESPN has agreed to a multi-year deal with Jess Mendoza, <laughs> which is kind of surprising news, but not really because ESPN loves her. The fans, oof, not so much. More ESPN news. They have announced that they will be moving the Monday Night Baseball games to 7 p.m., except for the one Yankees-Red Sox game that will be played at 8 p.m. next September. Thank God. And then, new. I don't know why we haven't done this before. Here is the NFL Roundup. Here are the scores from this past Sunday. Oh, first of all, I just want to say great week for the NFL. Except for the Very game. fun week for the NFL. Yeah. Even, I mean, we... Are we never going to be able to live that play down? Yeah, but it was a very fun week for the NFL. But, hey, if the Patriots go to the Super Bowl again, I'll forgive them. Who cares? 12-4 and four record. I'll live with that. They'll, they'll beat the Pittsburgh Steelers this week. Mark that in stone. Uh, Titans beat the Jaguars 30-9. Browns took down the Panthers 26-20. The Chiefs beat the Ravens in overtime 27-24. RG3 almost won the game for the Ravens. The Colts took down the Texans, big for the Patriots, 24-21. Patriots lose to the Dolphins, 34-33. Redskins lose to the New York Giants, 40-16. The Saints beat the Buccaneers, 28-14. Packers, after we trashed Aaron Rodgers last week, won 34-20 against the Falcons, who suck. Uh, the Jets beat the Bills, 23 in the toilet bowl. Chargers beat the Bengals, 26-21. 49ers took down the Broncos, 2014. Cowboys beat the Eagles, 29-23. Raiders beat the Steelers, 24-21. Lions beat the Cardinals, who the Packers couldn't beat, 17-3. As I said, the Bears beat the Rams, 15-6. And the Seahawks took down the Vikings on Monday Night Football in one of the most disappointing seasons of all time for the Vikings, 21-7 Seattle Seahawks. All right, so right here, guys, we're going to jump into the, the Sarge interview, 98.5 The Sports Hub. Guys, great interview. We talk about the Miami Miracle. We talk about the Red Sox rumors that have been going on this week. So here it is, Sarge, Mike, Sarge, Riley, 98.5 The Sports Hub. All right, we are here with Mike, Sarge, Riley of 98.5 The Sports Hub, a.k.a. Sarge. Sarge, man, thanks for coming on tonight. Hey, thanks for having me, Nick. Honored to be with you here tonight. Yeah, of course. We uh we've been talking for a little bit trying to get this together. I'm glad we finally get this together. <laughs> you know what? It uh it may take a while sometimes, but yep, in the end it all does work out. So uh I'm glad that uh both thoughts connected and we're able to put on a good show for the audience. At least I hope so on my end. I know you'll do a fine <laughs> job, I'm not sure about myself. I'm glad I'm glad I could actually get this technical stuff worked out. It was awful. It's all good, baby. Try, oh, all good, baby. Trying to get Skype working is the friggin' worst sometimes. <laughs> I hear you, man. I hear you. Yeah. Um. But yeah, let's roll. Uh. So, so Sarge, this week I want to talk to you about this a little bit. The Patriots, Miami Dolphins. We're gonna talk about this a lot on this show tonight. Patriots, Miami Dolphins, Miami Miracle. Awful, awful last play. Sixty-nine yard touchdown. Seven seconds left. I just want to get like your general reaction on how you felt about it, uh, and like just what the what the hell happened. So Nick, as you know, uh, the Patriots are the you know public enemy around the country. Oh yeah, and uh, you know it's pretty bad. And um, I was actually out of town in South Carolina, um, and actually ties in. I'm sure you'll talk about it at some point with the, the my wrestling stuff, but. I, I was down there to meet The Undertaker uh, for our wrestling podcast. My favorite wrestler and, of all time. Okay. All right. Well, I think there's something good about <laughs> <Yep>. you, Nick. <laughs> so that was a bucket list out of mine. And, you know, Sunday, I, I couldn't believe it. My buddy who lives down in the Charleston area, he said, we're going to go to a Patriots bar. And I'm like, excuse me? And he said, we're going to a Patriots bar. And I was absolutely stunned when he said there was a Patriots bar in Charleston, South Carolina. I, I was absolutely – I yeah, couldn't what? believe it because – yeah, we're like, you know, public enemy, like I said. So the, the amount of fans there, it was awesome. Like, it, I really felt like I was back home in Boston uh, watching a game. It was great. So, you know, we're all getting into it. They have the whole Sunday package. I actually had a Cleveland Browns fan next to me because he was watching the Browns and the uh, – they playing the Panthers 
Um, and, you know, I'm saying to myself, damn, life cannot get too much worse because every, you know, first down that Cleveland gets, he's like, there's going to be a flag. There's going to be a flag. And <laughs> I'm like, yeah, they're just so used to all something bad happening. But, you know, we're all cheering on the Patriots. I'd say about 95% of the fans are all Patriot fans there. And it was just awesome. It was a good game back and forth. Brady looked great in the first half, uh, except for that hiccup there on the, uh, the end of the first half. And it's like, what the hell happened with that with the timeout? He, you know, he didn't utilize it or he thought he had the, you know, the, the extra timeout and it just a mental error. And that just was like, wow, what's going on here? You know, Cats get ahead in the, in the uh, second half. Um, you know, Dostowski missed the field goal and the extra point too. And it just, it didn't look good. Uh, bottom line though, we, when the whole, uh, lateral went down, we're like, just make the tackle, make the tackle. Sure as hell enough, breaks the tackle there, gets by Gronk, absolutely stunned, like everybody else. We could not believe it. Um, and you know, there were a couple Dolphins fans there too, kind of pissed me off a little bit. So I was just like in shock with everybody else. In the end though, Nick, I'm not too concerned about the loss. And I may be in the minority there on that. Yes, it, I mean, okay, it's at Miami, it's, you know, late in the year, but I think what the Patriots, we can all agree on the Patriots are playing for right now, is that number two seed. The number one seed you can get, you're going to need a lot of work there. You're going to need the Chargers to beat Kansas City Thursday, you're going to need to win out, and you're going to need Kansas City to drop another two games. Um, it's going to be very hard. So, realistically, the two seed is where we're looking at right now, and I'm okay with that. I'm actually okay with that. Yeah, it just really wasn't like a Patriots centric, Patriots type game that we like. It's because this team, what it's always been the whole dynasty, it's always been they're just not dumb. Everybody else seems dumb. Everybody makes these dumb mistakes. The Patriots just don't make these dumb mistakes. But then during this game, it was like, why was Gronk out there on the Miami Miracle play? Why was, how did Tom Brady forget, as he says, the amount of timeouts that they had left at the end of the first half? Like I just I don't know what I don't know what it is about Miami. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and and you know what, Nick, it's it's kind of turned into. Uh, I mean, it really is right up there for uh, the longest time where Denver was the uh, the true house of horrors uh, for the Patriots, and now Miami. Not that it hasn't been, but it, it really is a house of horrors. It is a bad place to play uh, for the Pats, and it's almost like a mental thing. Uh, maybe for Brady or just that time of the year, you're getting a little warm uh, because the last couple of years, it's been at Miami in December and they're just not used to going down there. That warm weather when it's been so cold here, you get acquainted to that. So that kind of goes against them in that scenario as well. Yeah, but it's I, I, I've never bought into going down to Miami where it's hot because I almost feel, hey, it's not like it's it's blistering 100 degrees right now. It's 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 December in Miami. I almost feel like the weather's like kind of nice down there right now. I, I just can't buy that as an excuse. Well, it's it's 84 degrees down there. I'm no weatherman, but I mean, after talking to Troy Brown a few times off the air, yeah, pretty uh, good source. He's been with us. Yeah, oh yeah, and Brown, <laughs> you know, here he is as a receiver. He he has said numerous times it's a lot easier to play in the cold than it is in the heat. Yeah, you know, I guess I guess you could see that for football, but I I don't know. It's I think it's just at this point do you think it's kind of a mental thing with this team? Yeah, mental, and also, too, the other thing is that you, you can't overlook a team like the Dolphins in that situation where they came in 6-6. Six and six. they they got to win out to potentially get a wild card, and I think if they do get a wild card, that's terrible for the NFL. Uh, but, oh, yeah, you know, the other horrible. Thing, yeah, yeah, and that was obviously their Super Bowl. But the other thing, too, what's so funny is that, you know, the division teams, the division games, they just know you so well. They know the playbook. They get video on you. So that's another advantage right there. That's why I get so iffy, you know, in a, in a betting standpoint, uh, to take the visiting team on the road for a division game. Very, very hard, um, especially the second time around. And we saw that was the case on Sunday. Uh, at Miami Patriots were nine point favorites, nine point favorites. And, uh, that obviously, if you took that egg on your face right there. Yeah, which is, which is crazy to be nine point favorites down there. If, like, if you pay attention enough to the Patriots Dolphins, you know, the Patriots just have trouble every time they go down there. Every single time. Oh, yeah. The yeah that, that's what you call a sucker bedneck. <laughs> the, <laughs> the Dolphins could literally roll out like 11 Mies 
and they'd yeah. still have a good chance to win that game. Totally, totally, yep. All right, let's uh, let's roll on that. You mentioned you mentioned the seeding. Where do you see the Patriots ending up by the end of this season? Because, like you said, because there's three games left. Like you said, the Chiefs. It's going to be tough for them to lose two more, but. They do play the Chargers, who are a pretty hot team tomorrow night, Thursday night football, and they still have to play Seattle in Seattle. Do you think the Patriots yeah. have any chance? They do own the tiebreaker, too. Do you think the Patriots have any shot at getting the one seed? Oh, they definitely do. I mean, it, it all starts with the Thursday night game um, at Kansas City and the uh, Chargers game there. That's going to be – that's the real uh, first you know leg in the hurdle there. Because, uh, you know, th- that's an, a very difficult place to play Arrowhead. And, and credit to the Ravens, too, who brought them to overtime this past Sunday. So, you know, four short days of rest. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they come out. Um, so I, that could be an advantage for the Chargers there. They need that game, too. They really need that game. Oh, yeah. As you know, yeah, and as you know, Nick, you can only have one team from each division uh, to get a bye. You can't have the Chargers and the Chiefs. So get, the, the L.A. Chargers really need that game there. So the Patriots do have a shot. Uh, if the Chargers went out, if they win, and then if, uh, you know, Seattle picks care of business against Kansas City, uh, and then the Patriots do their work. And, and again, this Sunday will not be an easy game by any standards at Pittsburgh. They need that game too. Um, and, and we know that the Steelers hate the Patriots. So they could very easily, they could get the one seed. Not going to be easy, but they're going to need, they're going to win out. Then they're going to need Kansas City to lose at least the next two. A uh, little stat for you, too. I, I just found this out today. This is the first time since 1993 both the Patriots and the Steelers are coming off a loss playing each other. Yeah, first time since 93, both coming a lot off a loss playing <laughs> each other. So Bill Cower was then the um, coach of the Steelers. And then, of course, the Patriots at the time it was uh, Bill Parcells. Okay, all right. It's uh. The, fun fact for you. They've both been I mean they've both been so friggin' dominant, it's it's yeah. It's not shocking. Um Well yeah, and last year, I mean, you know, that was a game of the year, um, with uh, Jesse James the the, the the uncalled catch, you know. The almost uh, Juju yeah, Smith Schuster I mean Juju brought the ball back all the way. I forget where they were, but he like that that was almost a right. Miami miracle in itself in itself. Right, and that and that pretty much determined like where the AFC Championship was going to be, and then of course Jacksonville goes into Pittsburgh, knocks them off. But you know, even two years ago, the, the Steelers in the AFC Championship here in Foxborough against the Patriots. So uh, there, there's uh, the Pats do have their number, uh, you know, recently, but still the two teams that really do not like each other. We know that. Give me a tough game. <laughs> All right, so winter meetings this week. Let's roll it over to baseball really quick uh, before you got to yeah. go. The Red Sox, not not too much going on with the Red Sox down at winter meetings. It seems like they want to keep the same team intact. But then we have these rumors coming out that the while the Red Sox have re-signed Nathan Evaldi, $17 million a year, the Red Sox still apparently, according to reports, are listening on deals for Porcello, Jackie Bradley, and the one that kind of shocked everybody is Xander Bogarts. Because you can make the case for Porcello, you can make the case for Jackie Bradley, but Xander Bogarts is like your premier shortstop. It's the first time you've gotten the shortstop position right since Nomar left. I mean, what do you make of those rumors? Would it be dumb of them to make any of these trades? Would you make any of these trades? What's your opinion on this whole matter? I mean, Jackie Bradley, you're right. The the first two don't surprise me too much. Uh, In fact, I'm going to go as far to say that Bogarts doesn't surprise me so much either. And the reason I say that, Nick, is because who's his agent? You know who his agent is? Scott Boris. Exactly. And, you know, he's a very tough negotiator. I don't think the Red Sox uh, are, are in the best position to negotiate with him uh, because when this when his contract is up, what does he get? Two more two more years, Bogarts, right? Two more. I think, um, no, he's he's more. a free agent next season, next offseason. Uh, excuse me, I'm, th- I'm, I'm thinking of Mookie for some uh, Yeah, Mookie, Bogarts, and then Bradley, and then Ben Attendee. They're all going to kind of go together at that time there. Yep. And, I wouldn't be surprised if they do try to, um, you know, shop him around, see what the deal is, see if someone's going to eat that last year up there, and then he can test the market because uh, I get a feeling that the Sox may not give him what he and Boris want. What else does – I mean, nothing against Xander Bogarts, but he's already got a World Series title under his belt right now. He is one. He's got a couple of all-star appearances too. Um, so that's only going to help his case. 
in the free agent situation. So if the Sox can get ahead of the game, maybe get something for him, because I got a feeling they have already spoken to Boris uh, in, in Bogarts' camp as well, saying this is what we want, and it's going to be out of their price range. So that's why I'm not too surprised about a potential trade if it does happen with Bogarts, because the Sox in the end will want to have the final say, and they'd probably look at it where we could let him walk and get nothing in return. You know what I mean? Yeah, but so they're saying that it's because they want to cut salary, or or again, that's just the report that they want to cut salary. Because I mean, hell, they they they've got one of the biggest, if not the biggest, uh, salary in Major League Baseball. Right. But right, and they just signed Nathan Valdi to seventeen million over four years. Do you think that if you have to get rid of, if that pushes Xander Bogarts out, do you still think the Evaldi deal is worth it? Because I mean, hell, we don't know if this guy can pitch an entire season yet. I know, and that's what I'm, I was very skeptical of even trading for Evaldi uh, during the uh, at the trade deadline there because he was coming off of two Tommy John surgeries and sure, unbelievable postseason appearance. Uh, played very well, did what he had to do. Uh, but maybe the, the the best postseason appearance in oh God since Folk, I want to say, or Kurt Schilling. It was unbelievable. Matter, pitching standpoint, it was, it was amazing. You know, I mean, Schilling, nothing's going to top that. I'm sorry, blood for you twice. Uh, <laughs> Folk was awesome too. He was lights out, and, and that was very very difficult to do. Um, but I, I, it just it's really a good story. I, I'm with you. That's where I'm a little skeptical. Where I hope they didn't overpay him. But I think they also look at it from the standpoint where Craig Kimbrell wanted all that money. looks like he's going to walk. So maybe you could put Evaldi into that uh, position where, yeah, he could be your setup. He's got the capability of being a setup, a starter, and now maybe even a closer too. He, so would, be, he would be an insane closer. He would be a great closer. Which, which I could see happening. I really could see that transition happening with all that money being allocated for him. Um, so as far as the Bogart situation with the, the money, you know, not being in his favor there or to the, you know, put money away to, you know, give to Evaldi, um, and clear salary, I, I understand that, but I, I really think the Bogart's thing is they want to get something in return while they can. And then for Evaldi, uh, like I said, starter, middle relief, closer, capable of all three. All right, I know you got to go, so we just got one final question. We ask all of our you, guests you this. Me, you can feed me two questions too if you want. Go ahead. Well, this is this is the big one. We ask everybody this because this is. I wish I wish Jared was here because me and Jared fight over this all the all time. Right. Anthony okay. Davis, we know you can't trade for him right now. Kyrie Irving, Derek Rose, rule, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Would you give up if it if it took this? Would you give up Jason Tatum to get Anthony Davis? No. Oh, I, I love Anthony Davis. I love Anthony Davis, but I love Jason Tatum. Is it because Jason Tatum's wrong... on another upside again? Because he's Jason Tatum's playing lights out right now, too. Yes, and and, and I think that he is. I, I'm going to go as far to say that he could be. I, I don't want to go as far to say that he could be like in the same camp as LeBron down the line. But Damn. I love what I saw last year, Tatum. I just oh, I salivate over this guy. He is awesome on the court. Unbelievable player. Huge fan. Now that's me being a homer. I fully admit that. I, I fully, now if you're going to tell me you want to trade Jalen Brown, a first round draft pick, and throw in another guy for Anthony Davis, go ahead. I have no issue with that. But if it's going to be Tatum with a first round pick and another player, no. If you want to do Tatum for Anthony Davis straight up, then we can start to have a conversation. But that's pretty much it, though. I'm not giving up much more than. Tatum and a first round pick together. It's going to be like maybe one an eye for an eye. That's it, though. Jalen Brown but first you like round Anthony pick. Anthony Davis, huh? Oh, I love him. Jalen Brown a first round. Yeah, he's great. Don't get me wrong. I lo- I love him too. And I think that what we saw on Monday when the Pelicans were in town, uh, you know, big ovation for Anthony Davis and just a classic basketball fan move to get, uh, you know, get on Danny's good side and so forth to kind of kiss ass. So um, I could totally see that uh, why the the C's fans did that. But um, I do love Davis, and, and yeah, Jalen Brown in a first-round draft pick for Anthony Davis. I'm all for that any day of the week, twice on Sunday. All right, w- last one, 10 seconds. Where do you see the Celtics ending up at the conference? Because they started off slow. They started off slow, Sarge. Yeah, three seed. Toronto and three? Philly, I think it going to be your one and two. Yeah, I, I just see Toronto's too good. I, Toronto and Philly, I think those are going to be your one-two. Seeds will be the three seed. 
uh, this uh, Christmas Day is a big matchup all of a sudden now with the Phillies, uh, head-to-heads, you know? I think that's going to come down to the wire there with the, the better conference play and then even uh, potential head-to-heads. So uh, I'm going to go three-seed as of now. And, again, I reserve the right to change my opinion come January. <laughs> All right, Mike Sarge Riley, a.k.a. Sarge, 98.5 The Sports Hub. You can also follow him on Twitter at 98.5, sorry, at, excuse me, at Sarge 98.5. Also, yes, catch him. You can follow his wrestling podcast on Twitter at The WrestleCast. It is called Wrestling Inside the Ropes. Get on iTunes, Spotify, 98.5thesportshub.com, and the 98.5 The Sports Hub app. Sarge, man, thanks yeah, for coming that, on. That, that, yeah, that just real quick, that Twitter handle is at WrestleCast985. At WrestleCast. At WrestleCast985. I know you told me you're a big Undertaker fan. He's your favorite of all time. You should listen to this week's show. Talks about my interaction with him in South Carolina. Check right. it out, man. All right. I got you. All right, Sarge. Thanks for coming on tonight. Thanks, Nick. I all appreciate right. it, man. All right. Once again, that was Mike Riley, Sarge, 985, the Sports Hub. Great interview. Honestly, guys, this was, I can't wait to get him back. He's he's just like he's a good guy, very easy to talk to, knowledgeable, and just entertaining. Fun to talk to. Again, follow him on Twitter. I already said this in the at the end of the interview, but just one more time, give him a follow on Twitter at Sarge985. Get him get his wrestling podcast on Twitter. You can follow that on Twitter at the WrestleCast. All right. So, Jared. Jared. Nicholas. Jared. Nicholas. Disclosure, I should have said this at the top of the show. I am fighting a brutal cold, but that just tells you how much I am committed to the listeners of this podcast. Nicholas. Because I'm a warrior. Nicholas. The Patriots this week played the Miami Dolphins. They went to Miami. You know, we knew it wasn't going to be an easy game. House of Horrors. House of Horrors. I don't, the Dolphins, like I said to Sarge in the interview, the Dolphins could roll 11 Mies out there on defense. And I might intercept the ball. Mm-hmm. I might sack Tom Brady. They just, the Patriots. If you sack Tom Brady, you probably wouldn't get off him. I feel like you would just be one of just oh, like. I would, I would hug the just, hell out of that guy like, on just, the ground. Just stay wrapped up. Mm. Yeah. Uh, That'll put some hair back on that head. Yeah. <laughs> Tommy. So the Miami miracle happened. Hmm. Let's get some reactions. So I recapped it earlier in the weekly dump. 69-yard touchdown. Seven seconds left in the game. Nice. Time expires. One of those plays that we're literally going to watch every time in for the next, until we die probably, uh, every time the Patriots and the Dolphins play each other. Oh. Play over and over and over again. So do you so, want to just give your initial reaction? It's just so frustrating. Like, and I'm kind of already over it. Like, I'm past it because, again, you just kind of hinted at it. They're going to finish 12-4. and They're going to beat the Steelers on the road. They're going to come home and play the Bills and the Jets and not be a problem, and they'll be fine. But it's just so frustrating because you thought, okay, you sucked ass the most of the game, right? You blow up the fir- at the end of the first half. You don't score from, like, 20 yards out. You don't get a field goal after causing the turnover or whatever. Jaskowski misses an two extra block punt. two block the punts. The Dolphins were literally giving you the ball. The Dolphins were literally giving you this game. You blocked two punts, didn't win the game. You had a chance to go up by at least 14 or 15 before the Dolphins even touched the ball again in the second half. Didn't do it. Goskowski misses an extra point at the beginning of the game, which turns out, Nicholas, to be the difference in the game because you lose by a to point. To be pivotal. So Goskowski not m- missing an extra point lets you at least go to overtime after the Miami Miracle and doesn't make you lose the game. Then on top of all that, you do what you're supposed to do. You go down the field at the end of the game. You still take the lead. You know Now they need a touchdown. So you know what? There's seven seconds left when they get the ball. And for some godly reason, the Patriots play for a Hail Mary. They were on their own like 31-yard line. So that wasn't going to happen. What? Okay, so that's my first question. Why was Gronk on the field? Better question. Why was Devin McCord? No, not even. Better question. Why was Dev? Why was Devin McCordy the one you took off the field? Of all people the to take off the field, it's the team. best tackler, your best safety, it's your best chase down guy, 
And if you ever notice, Nick, and if you ever pay attention to any of these games, anytime the Patriots give up a big play, who's the guy that chases them down? It's Devin fucking McCourty. Devin McCourty. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's true, but I'm just gonna that's where you're going with this. Yes. Why in the world would he be the one to come off the field? It makes it makes no sense. It makes no sense. I mean, even so, so Bill Belichick, love Be- the guy. Because think about right? it, Nick. If, if, if McCourty's on the field, look at what Gronk did, right? Gronk just couldn't keep up with Drake because Drake ran right by Gronk and then went That's past McCourty makes that tackle. 100%. If McCourty's on the field, you win the game. Hey, remember Malcolm Butler? If he was on the field, you win the Super Bowl. Ugh, I'm done. So that's what I was just going to say. Bill Bell, love the guy. Thanks for everything you've done. But my fucking God, can you just admit when you screw up one time, please? One time. Just one time. once. Because now it's twice. Because he won't. He won't. Because he said that, like, he defended that by saying that, okay, well, even if they did throw the ball downfield, this is essentially what he said. Even if they did throw the ball deep downfield, he would still be there to knock the ball down. Bill, even if they catch the ball in the 10, even if they catch the ball on the 10, you can still tackle him. Mm-hmm. The only reason you have Gronk out there is if that ball gets into the end zone. You overcalculated. That's all you did. Just admit, just admit it. There was the play in itself was asinine. I just I can't get over the fact that Gronk was on the field. That's the biggest takeaway to me. I don't really care that they lost that much, like you said, because I think they're going to end up twelve and four well, on the season. I think a lot of people expected them to lose. Like you know what I mean? Like I think it was, yeah. it was one of those things yeah. where pe- people early in the week were like talking themselves into a loss. Um, a lot of if and if someone said like if I said to you last week, Nick, I'm picking the Dolphins to win. And gave you a reason, and the reason was just because the Patriots suck in the heat. You would have been like, okay, that makes sense. And if if we were going to have them lose a game between now and the end of the year, it was going to be the Dolphins game, not even the Steelers game. Now, exactly. now the Steelers game, they're spiraling out of control. James Connors hurt. Mike Tomlin should be fired. And the Patriots are going to go in there and lose. Absolutely not. You're going to win lost, the last three games. They lost to the Oakland Raiders. You, yeah, exactly. You lost to the Oakland Raiders. So you know what? I have no. I think the Steelers might even miss the playoffs the way they're playing right now. So it's it's one of those things where now you have to look at it and go. Patriots are twelve and four. If they if they win out, they're twelve and four. They're still the two seed because even if everybody else wins out, they still have the the tiebreaker over the Texans. And I want. I don't think they're going to win out. But also, Nick, did I did we expect them to be the one seed anyway? Probably not. No, this team this team doesn't deserve to be the one seed. No, and and if they were the one seed, it would be the it would just be the best because it would melt NFL fans' minds. Oh, and that the, this the sad part is Patriots team was able to be the one seed. Watching that Pats game too, you look at the way everything was playing out. With five minutes left in the Patriots game, Patriots were winning. They were on their way to a win. The Chiefs were losing to Baltimore, and we all thought within a half hour from that point, the Patriots were going to be the one seed. And then and then five minutes of game time. Patriots give up the most horrifying play I've ever seen, and the Kansas City Chiefs do their thing because the Baltimore Ravens were the Baltimore Ravens. Okay, so it wasn't, again, it wasn't exactly that they lost the game, because, yeah, you expected this, I expected this team to be 12-4, and especially at the end of the season, right? Because, I mean, the, the end of this specific season, the way they've been playing, because when you look at these last four games, it's three division games and a Steelers game. You don't expect them to win out. You expect them. There's always if the is so here's the, if the Patriots won out, that's the first time that they've gone undefeated in the division in a while. So you kind of expected them to lose, have one of these stupid games that everybody's going to freak out about mm-hmm. at the end of the year. The game in Miami is the game that you would half expect if you're expecting them to lose because it's in Miami. They always struggle there. They always always struggle there. It's just how they did it and. And the game itself was the most unpatriot-like game of all time. Because even going back to the end of the first half, Tom Brady has the ball directly in front of the end. And all you need to do, Tom, on the final play, you have the ball. You, the special teams block their second punt of the game. You have the ball set up in front of the end zone. You're scared that you're going to get sacked, so you're overthrowing a wide-open Chris Hogan in the end zone. Next play, you have no timeouts. You draw back, and you take a sack. That's the worst thing you can do. You have no timeouts. Clock runs out. Now that's three points taken off the board on top of the other field goal that Steven Gostowski missed and on top of the extra point that you missed. That's seven points taken off the board. The Patriots the Patriots make other teams take points off 
This is a game where the Patriots took points off the board on themselves. But this happens every, every year, Nick. Every time they go to Miami, this shit happens. It's ridiculous. They, for Last some reason, got picked off a bunch of times. You yeah, for some that's... reason, they just don't execute. And like, look, this whole year has been a, a, a structure of they've been playing down to bad competition, and all of them have just seemed to be on the road. But like, do I have any co- insecurities at all about the game against the Steelers? No, because they're going to go in there. They're they're all jacked up for this game, and they're going to. They never lose in Pittsburgh. They'll be fine because they're all, they, they've been all year. The defense and the offense have been playing really well against good teams the whole time. Just a stupid game. Just a stupid fucking game. Move on. All right. We're on to Pittsburgh. We're on to Pittsburgh. <sighs> We're on to Pittsburgh. We're on the Ace Championship game. Nick Qualley's hair looks like awful crap. He got, a, he got a buzz cut. He should have waited the 20 minutes. Uh, oh, this lady is also very nice, though. All right. So the other topic of the night, winter weekend this week right now. Winter week. Winter? Winter meetings? Meetings going on right now. MLB in Las Vegas, okay? Dave Dombrowski, Alex Cora doing their thing. They're talking to the press. Nathan Evaldi's there in a maroon suit looking fly. He's fresh off his $17 million per year contract. Oh, wow. But... Turns out that $17 million per year contract might be a problem. Because, per Bob Nightingale, the Boston Red Sox are looking and listening for a trade for Rick Porcello. More listening. They're listening. We'll put it this way just to make sure it's completely accurate. They are listening to deals for Rick Porcello, Jackie Bradley Jr., and the surprising one, Xander Bogarts, in order to shed salary, in order to shed payroll, and so they can bring in another reliever, whether that's Dave Robertson uh, or uh, I always forget how to pronounce this guy's name. Ottavino, Ottavino, the Colorado Rockies. Yeah, Ottavino. I think it is, right? Nasty, nasty pitcher. Stud. So that rumor's going on. Dave Dombrowski denies it. So, I mean, what do you make of this deal? What do you make of this, as this rumor? As long do you, as it's... do you think it's legit? Do you think this is real? Like, do you think do, the Red I... Sox are listening? How can you not, first of all? Um, yeah, and Bob Nightingale's not somebody who screws this up. No, of course not. As as long as it's not Xander, I don't care. And that's not me just saying that because I actually adore Xander as a player, but the way I look at he's this... Your, it, he's, he's your Marcus Smart. He, he's my, but he's actually better than Marcus Smart is at basketball. So, um, Xander's actually had like an all... Did you see Xander's numbers this year? He actually had a really good year. So, uh, look, when you look at the situation, you can't bring everybody back long-term. Right, it's just not possible. It's too many people up at the same time. Jackie Bradley Jr. Buy, sell high, get what you can, smell you later. But did you see? Did you see the the story today on Jackie Bradley fixing his swing? Alex Cora said he's excited for Jackie Bradley in 2019 yeah. because he's going to be hitting the shit out of the ball. Hype train. There we go. Hype train for the trade because you know what? In the spring. And in the middle of the summer, he's still going to ebbs and flows it. He's not, I don't care how many times he fixes his swing. We know what Jackie Bradley is, but if, if we can get the hype around his swing being fixed and what he did, and he won the ALCS MVP, he's not getting any higher than that. I hit moon bombs. And moon bombs in the playoffs. Valley's not getting any higher. Some team will overpay for him. You do that in a heartbeat. And if you can send Rick Porcello and shed that money, I don't want that to happen. I think you should be tooling for next year. And just going all out because next year is the best year in this three, four year window you have to win another one. Like going back to back is your best chance to win a second this, title with this, this group. team. It's it's not out of the question. This team, this team was the best Red Sox team of all time, record wise. Oh, they could do it again, hundred percent. And that's the thing is like everyone thought the Astros were good enough to do it again, and they were. They just ran into a really good Red Sox team. So like, I, I look at the Red Sox and go, don't trade everybody away because you know what you want to win. You keep telling us that. The, the goal is to win, well, then don't trade your team away. Bring everybody back and try to win this year because I think you need to trade one of those two guys. Don't trade Xander. If you trade Xander, I'm out. I'm out. That's stupid. But Jackie Bradley can go. You can figure it out. You can bring in another outfielder. You can let Brock Holt play out there. You have J.D. Martinez who can play out there. It's fine. For the right now... If they trade if they trade, if they trade, trade Xander Bogarts, does that make the Nathan Avaldi deal not worth it? Stupid. Absolutely, because because that is because that was they overpaid for Valdi. Like oh, that's and, and it, it, it's I'm happy he's back, but 
here's you want to know my fucking problem, Jared? I am so I your went haircut. off about this earlier today. You want to know my problem? Your haircut. Besides my haircut, I am so sick and tired of people. Every time you talk about people that the Red Sox are gonna sign, blah blah blah, they go, "Oh, it's the Red Sox. They can afford anybody. It doesn't matter." Yes, it fucking does. It does matter because they bring it up every time. We don't. They always have a threshold, whether whether it's luxury tax, whatever. The Red Sox watch what they spend. This year they went overboard. This year they were the highest payroll in baseball. But the fact of the matter is, whether you want to believe it or not, I know the Red Sox have X amount of money. The Red Sox have so much money they can literally buy all the best players in baseball. But they're not going to do that. They're just not going to do that. They do have a threshold. They do pay attention to what they're doing. They do pay attention to who they're signing. It's not just, wee, take my money. Wee, here we go. Wait, you take $30 million, you take $25 million. It's not what they do. It's just not what they do. Stop telling me that the Red Sox are just going to be giving all this money away to everybody. Because that's not what they do. It's It frustrates the hell out of me. Well, they've never and done this that. this is they've, why. They've, this is why, because they're talking about no, cutting payroll. Back. They've never done that. And that just goes back to, and they've not, actually, to be fair, they've never done that since they bought Liverpool. Because they're trying to split their assets. And I get it. Like It's, it's a smart business decision. But when you look at it from a fan's point of view, I get why everyone's going, we spend the money, right? I get it. But they're not going to do that. And shedding JBJ before you pay him makes sense. If you want to shed Rick Porcello's money, that's fine because you paid Nathan Avaldi. So you're stuck with him. Rick Porcello is the one I'm really okay with. Do if I, they do trade him, great. Do I think, and, and don't get me wrong, Rick Porcello is a great Red Sox. And I think that's a phenomenal yeah. move. And yeah. I think Ben Sherrington does not get enough credit for making that move. Right. Going after I don't think Ben Charrington gets enough credit for most of the things that he 100%, did. 100%, because he signed Pablo Sandoval, and that's kind of why. But you look at what this team can be. You can win without Rick Porcello if you trade him off to get pieces to bring in a reliever. And I think you're stronger with Avaldi and a stud reliever in the back end than you are with just Rick Porcello, right? So it's – I get it. You can't keep everybody. This team's going to change, right? Like, Kindler's not coming back. Kimbrell's not coming back. Like, but – you also have to realize that trading JBJ is an idiotic move if you want to win next year. Um, His defense is unheralded. You need it's, that defense to win. Unmatched. I'd be, I would get over it a lot quicker. Like I think JBJ can go and you can still compete for a title, but I think you are the favorite if you keep the majority of this lineup together because of what it did last year. And I don't think it was a fluke. And it's only going to get better. Like there's young players who are going to get better. But if you like trade, but if you trade Xander, I'm out. I'm out. That's the most idiotic thing you can do. You finally you finally realize that oh, he's a stud shortstop like he's supposed to be. The only reason why he sucked last year was because of his hand injury. He had one of the best years in Major League Baseball this year, statistically. Just got overshadowed because you had the MVP on your team and a guy who hit the crap out of the ball for the entire season and, wasn't, and should have been a finalist for the MVP. So if it wasn't for that, you know, you had a guy who realistically could have been in the chase too. Do not trade Xander Bogarts. If you trade Xander Bogarts, I'm out. I'm out. The only person you trade Xander Bogarts for is Mike Trout. Even then. Hmm. Mike Trout? Hmm. You, you you trade Xander Bogarts for Mike Trout. Yeah, you do. But then you gotta <laughs> trade but then you gotta trade JBJ too because there's no room for him in the outfield. If you give me Mike Trout, you can literally send JBJ to the moon. I don't care if you get a penny for him. <laughs> Mike Trout is a god. Okay, that's fair. But Mookie Betts is a better player. All right. Final topic of the night. Maybe it's cold outside. Stupid. 30 seconds. Show's over. What do you think about this controversy? Absolutely. I actually, so I just wrote, shout out to me. I just wrote a blog tonight about Baby It's Cold Outside. Already getting big page views. So check it out. Baby, it's cold out there. It's, it. okay, I'll give it this. It's a very rapey song. That's what it was written about. Like, do you not read? There's, that's literally what it was written about. <laughs> it wasn't just written about rape. It's very, no, rape, rape's a strong word. It's a very, like, it's a very sexual, assaulty. That's the context of the song. Like, I'm not for it. I'm not, a, I'm not here condoning, like, sexually assaulting a woman or whatever. But if people are getting offended by a Christmas song, I'm done. It's stupid. One that we've heard since 1944. Why this year? Why this year? Why, not, why not last year? Why not two years ago? Why not five years ago? Why not wait till next year? What about 2018 is now like, oh, we're going to get banned from the radio. Man, 
Oh, it's too cold outside. Oh, that that guy means he wants to touch her in inappropriate place. We have to take that off the radio. My kids can't listen to that. Get over it. Get over it. It's such... It's just so weird that, like, we've talked about it multiple times. We've talked about it, it seems like, every Christmas. That, yeah, it's a creepy song. We acknowledge that it's a creepy song. But why is it all of a sudden a big major issue? Listen, this is this is my this is my line in my blog. Quote Nick Qualia. Have we heard what's on the radio in 2018? We're talking about popping Molly, doing the weed, and seeing some big old booty cheeks bouncing around while someone next to you does a line of cocaine. And baby, it's cold outside. Is a song we think is too inappropriate for our airwaves. Yeah, Nick Qualia, you're right. You're right, pal. It makes no sense. Dude, we listen, I just don't have understand. You, have you ever heard the song Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer? Like, it's, yeah, it's literally, it's literally about on a being intoxicated and getting assaulted walking home at night. That song's still on the radio. Well, that's, get, because, that's because the internet hasn't brought attention to it yet. Maybe we just did. Am I the reason now why Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer? I'm going to get pulled if from the radio. Did, if you did, that means our podcast views are probably going to go up a ton, so shout out. Hopefully everybody does. Hopefully we just ruined Grandma did got just, over Did we just ruin Christmas? Yeah, we might have, but shout out shout out to our rising uh, listenership. Yeah. Hey, any of you anti-Christmas people out there, you're welcome. Yeah, shout out. Let's Change Podcast. It's Christmas. Yeah. Let's Change Podcast celebrates nothing. All right. End of the show. We do have a big show announcement coming in the next couple of weeks. We have everything almost live. Do it. So keep a lookout for that. Couch Guy Sports Loose Change Podcast, episode number 87 of the books. Once again, shout out Mike Sarge Riley, a.k.a. Sarge985, the sports sub. Follow us on everything at Couch Guy Sports, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Like us on Facebook. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Loose Change Pod. Drop a rating and a review on iTunes. would be a huge help for us. Buy our fire merch we've been selling. The great Couch Guy Sports long sleeves are fire. selling like hotcakes. They're fire. They are great. They are like, they are. I saw one of the first the other day. It is a sexy shirt. Mm-hmm. Everyone goes. It is great, and our logo looks so good on merchandise. Buy Couch Guy Sports merch. Uh, also, I am running the Boston Marathon this year, which means I'm going to be shaking you listeners down for some money for some donations. Uh, I'll more details on that soon, and. I think that's it. Couch Guys Sports, Let's Change Podcast, episode 87 in the books. We'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening.